Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast. As always, a pleasure to be with you. Today is Monday. August 22nd, 2022. Thank you again for making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. So we have a interesting show today. This is episode 34 of season four. Um, surprising and, and somewhat really cool that um, um, we're, we're, we're sort of getting up there in the episodes, right? I think this is uh, episode 163 or 164. So, but uh, there's a lot going on in the entertainment media sports space. And there's one particular thing, and it's one of my favorite topics and it's streaming, but I want to take a little bit of a different angle on this. There was a lot of news in this past week about, um, you know, college football and the potential of the college football uh, playoff breaking off of the MCAA. Uh, There was a lot of talk about obviously the big 10, you know, signed a seven, $8 billion potentially $8 billion, um, you know, contract with incentives and escalators if more teams join the conference. Uh, then there was some news that potentially, you know, and it looks sounds like it's just rumors at this point, but uh, that there's some question as to whether UCLA would leave the Pac-12. Uh, my guess is, is that's not going to happen in the sense that uh, UCLA is going to move to the Big Ten. Um, you know, I, in the last few episodes, it was Dan Lust and I were talking about the prospect of, uh, UCLA being forbidden from leaving. And the reality is, is that the, the UC regions have nothing to do with the sports conference because uh, they added Utah and Colorado without, without problem. And those schools are not in the PAC 12. And frankly, most of the schools in the conference uh, are not UC schools. Um, there's only real, what uh, I think two UC schools in the entire PAC 12 and that's UC Berkeley and, uh, and UCLA. All the other schools in the UC, UC system do not play in the Pac-12. So any argument that uh, the Pac-12 um, and, and, and the UC system or the UC system has some sort of sway or power at this point, I think it's just the governor trying to um, essentially exert his power and authority uh, and or influence to keep UCLA uh, from leaving. But the reality of it is, is college sports has changed. UCLA needs the money. And they need the money to compete with other schools, and the money's there. 
and actually Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, which potentially could move to 20 teams. It has 16 now, but there's potential. It um, talks about Notre Dame. There have been talked about um, Washington, Cal, Stanford, and Oregon. Um, and even with those four, even if you don't have Notre Dame, you've got 20. So uh, there was talk about um, this is the commissioner saying that there would be an issue of maybe potentially paying the players, you know, especially when you're looking at close to 70 to potentially to $90 million per team per year in this new television deal. So there's a lot going on. And, and I bring this up because obviously if the college football playoff uh, would, would ever be in a position to break away from the NCAA and as these universities and as these conferences continue to grow, there is some terrific opportunity when it comes to streaming and adding some additional content and streaming some of that content. And of course, it was important to know that in the deal that the big uh, 10 brokered um, that, uh, Peacock, which is uh, NBC's streaming platform, is going to be a part of uh, some of that distribution. So uh, it's going to be very interesting in terms of the NBC, CBS, and Fox split as to um, the Big Ten uh, games. Um, and then, of course, if you're a West Coast uh, West Coaster, you're going to be uh, watching some of these UCLA USC games at either you know 11 a.m. I think. Um, 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. would be like the the primetime game. So no more the sort of uh, late games when it comes to, um, you know, like the 7 p.m. or the 7.30 p.m. games uh, in terms of the schedule, right? Because we gotta, you got to be con- considerate of the East Coast, and then you've also got to be considerate of um, of the Midwest, right, which are two and um, and sort of three hours ahead. So there's a lot going on there, and, of course, that brings up some – you know, terrific opportunities um, and, and we'll sort of see sort of how that, um, you know, how that plays out. But I think what's interesting is, is that there's additional news beyond the college football playoff and what's been going on there is that uh, there's been a couple things that I wanted to highlight. And, and it's mainly in the sort of vein of there's these sort of new measurements and pricing in the streaming wars. And, you know, it used to be in television, you'd say, all right, how many, how many viewers did you get? You know, how many, how many households did you have? Right. And Nielsen would send out these sort of boxes to certain houses to give a a general measurement. Now, of course, with streaming, we know because streaming, the one of the benefits of streaming is not only that it's instantaneous content whenever and, and wherever, and this sort of huge library of content. Of course, we talked about last week, this sort of problem of what happens if content is removed from a streamer and it doesn't exist anywhere else, um, you know, in terms of making sure that there's some legacy to the content. But I think that um, with sort of these new measurements and pricing, you know, one of the big things with streaming is data, is this data that you can pull from streaming. Uh, you know, it's direct, it's right there. There's, there's, you know, I think it's one of the, the powers of it. But as streamers basically move, you know, as beyond subscribers, because subscribers are still important, but, you know, look, there's only so many people in the world, right, in terms of subscribers. There's still a lot of people out there who don't have access, uh, but streaming is becoming more expensive. And, and in that sense, the more expensive it gets, the more exclusive that it gets. And there's already aspects of this when you're talking about uh, exclusive content, when you're watching 
um, you know, ad-based platforms versus non-ad-based platforms. And then beyond that, the point of, you know, if you want to watch a movie early before, you know, as it's released in the theater or it's still in the theater or it's just coming out of the theater and, or, you know, going to be removed from the theater, you might have a situation where you pay, you know, $19, $20 or whatever, and you get free access, not free access, but um, um, access prior to everybody else. So again, as streaming growth slows, there was this great Hollywood Reporter article talking about um, finding a new metric to measure streaming. And this new metric is average revenue per user or ARPU. Now, this is an interesting metric because on one hand, what it screams of is um, profitability, which is not a bad thing, right? Businesses are in the business of making a profit. But um, APRU really spells to me um, an increase in pricing. And I think the market is already showing that. Amazon is, you know, has increased its price overseas. Netflix has increased its price. Disney is talking about increasing its prices uh, in terms of its ad-based and its sort of um, non-ad-based platforms, premium platform, if you will. And uh, and again, this is part of this is is sort of par for the course, right? Prices always go up uh, unless you're in some sort of crazy, you know, um, you know, sort of uh, economic downturn. But, but the point being is, is that um, this APRU or average revenue per user focuses the business on how much money is being made per user versus how many subscribers you have. Because if you have a subscriber that doesn't watch the content, I don't know if that really helps you other than, okay, you get your, your, your fee, but maybe that doesn't put eyes on um, advertisements if you have an ad-based platform. And of course, for bragging rights, if you will, or award ceremonies, if you don't have the ability to say we had so many eyeballs or so, watched so many minutes, that's usually the measurement is how many minutes were watched. You know, you know what's your measurement there? And of course, streamers have been very careful as to releasing numbers, and that may indeed because the competitive piece, but it may also be the fact that maybe the numbers aren't so great. Um, and, and this is a way to maybe not give away so much data. There's also probably some privacy concerns, but maybe not to give away so much data, but to look at how much revenue are we making per user. And what that means is, is you say, all right, well, you know, if we charge X dollars, um, you know, how many, you know, how much revenue are you getting from that particular user, right? So uh, we'll sort of see how this plays out. Um and then, of course, the pricing is going to be a key factor for rivals, right? For competitors, when you're talking about how much, um, you know, a certain platform cost. So, so there may be a sort of maybe dueling approaches. One might be an approach of um, a push to the top, and you know, and sort of pushing your price higher. How much can the consumer handle? Versus, um, you know, for example, it's not wouldn't be too far fetched to say, all right. We'll charge you fifty, forty, fifty dollars to watch a movie as it's in the movie movie theaters, or we'll watch. You know, we'll give you you know access, you know, advanced access to something, or exclusive content if you pay this extra money. Right? There's definitely some ways to um, sort of look at sort of uh, average revenue per user or a ARPU. And by the way, in this in this um, Hollywood Reporter article, 
uh, Netflix is uh, in the lead at about eleven dollars, um, eleven dollars and ninety six cents per user. Um, Disney Plus is about four dollars and thirty five cents per user, and then Warner Brothers Discovery is about seven dollars and sixty six cents per user. So just to give you um, an idea, and that's globally, right? If you look at the numbers for uh, domestically for here in the U.S. and Canada, um, out of 73 million subscribers for Netflix in the U.S., they have 220 internationally, but that's 15.95 per user, which makes sense because you have options of $20 a month and, t- and basically $10 a month for Netflix. On Disney Plus, it's uh, $6.27 with 45 million U.S. users, 152 million uh, worldwide. And then Warner Brothers Discovery, out of 92 million subscribers worldwide, there's a $7 price. Uh, but then uh, domestically, it's uh, 53 million users, and it's uh, $10.54 per user, just to give you an idea. So, Which makes sense, again, because Disney is less expensive than Warner Brothers Discovery or HBO Max, and then Netflix is the most expensive at all of all. And of course, Amazon was not listed in this particular graph. Um, that's probably because Amazon's focus is less on average revenue per user and more on just making sure that people, when they sign up for Amazon Prime as a service, they get this additional benefit. And of course, um, so again, that's one way to measure in sort of new, um, you know, new measurements in terms of what's good or, or what's great in streaming is this idea of average revenue per user or ARPU. And then pricing being such a, a huge factor in that. But, you know, streaming doesn't stop there. Uh, it, it was also in this sort of recent Hollywood Reporter article was uh, Spotify is looking at potentially selling concert tickets. And this makes sense, right? Because of the complimentary business, because they currently uh, have links out to, you know, Live Nation and other businesses, you know, if you're listening to music or what have you. But Spotify really is the um, one of the epicenters, if you will, of music and podcast. And so if you can get on there and sell and have links to selling tickets or giving discounts to Spotify users to tickets and having sort of digital releases and that sort of thing in terms of tickets, you know, it, and it doesn't just stop with music, by the way, with podcasts, a lot of these folks are celebrities, they're comedians, um, and they have their own shows. So you could even sell tickets through that. So uh, Spotify, I, I really applaud them for thinking ahead in terms of the power of streaming, uh, particularly in music and podcast streaming. And of course, you know, going back to Disney a little bit, again, there was this other great Hollywood Reporter article um, focusing in on Disney um, hiking prices and how this sort of this sort of um, this not so cheap sort of ad tier, as this article talks about. You know, it's getting more expensive. And of course, we talked about in last week's podcast, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery um, had mentioned this sort of point of we need to get paid and and we need to be focused on profitability. You know, we've built the platform uh, for HBO. We've put, you know, for HBO Max, we put the content out there. We're continuing to build. We need We now need to make profit. And that makes sense. Shareholders are probably putting pressure on the company. And of course, we've got the merger going on and everything else. So, um, I, I think it's come to a close, but, um, you know, it's, it's ultimately, you know, going through all the, the motions in terms of consolidation and whatnot. Uh, but I think we're going to continue to see, unfortunately, prices uh, go up, which is, I think, great for the business, 
maybe not so great for the consumer. And again, uh, unless consumers begin just to automatically make more money, you're going to see consumers cut back and they may sort of go to one platform or two platforms. And then what you might see is streamers and this, you know, may be uh, far-fetched, uh, but what you may see is streamers coming together and co-hosting content or, or, or giving discounts. So just like you might say, you know, if you're a, a sort of net, um, uh, I was going to say Netflix, if you're a, uh, let's say a Verizon customer on your cellular plan, um, you know, you might get Netflix for free. Or if you're, you know, T-Mobile, Sprint, you might get Hulu or Netflix. Or if you're AT&T, there at one point you would get HBO Max for free. That deal still may be in place, even though uh, that merger was split up and AT&T sold off Warner Brothers uh, to Discovery. But um, the point remains is that uh, deal making is still there to be to be done, and we might indeed see uh, some of these companies come together and 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 have um, and have some work when it comes to um, you know um, streaming capabilities, right? So I think you know one of the interesting caveats to all this is that. Um, there was some recent litigation, and this was in a, another a Hollywood Reporter article talking about Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok uh, getting sued for mental health reasons. And the point being is, is that um, these platforms have not put in restrictions as to um, content. And of course, what it does to you, um, you know, mentally, if you're just sitting there scrolling all day. And streaming is in the same boat, by the way, because even though you have parental platforms, and safeguards where you can say this is for kids, this is for that, and parents can put in passwords. The reality of it is, is that somebody can still sign up for an account if they have a credit card or if they have a bank card. Um, you know, they they can find access, right? Or if they can, you know, use their parents' login information. Uh, and it's something to keep our eyes on because I, I think the mental health aspect of this is important. You know, uh, too much content can be a bad thing. You know, you don't want to be sitting around watching content all day long. Uh, and, and of course, streaming in some sense encourages that, um, you know, to, to watch content, to consume it and, and, and social media is no different. Uh, and again, we've talked about in the past on this show and in writing that, um, in some of the weekly columns that, you know, social media is, is also another streaming platform and there's potential to stream content, uh, on those platforms. So uh, it really is a fascinating sort of uh, current experience. And the only thing I would add uh, to this is the fact that um, one interesting, really, uh, really interesting thing happened in the last week. And that was that, uh, and again, another Hollywood Reporter article, um, they had some great articles this past week. They 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 usually do, but this past week, uh, they definitely had some good ones. But um, mentioned how streaming overtook cable in the month of July uh, in, in terms of viewership. And that's the first time in history that that's happened. So it just goes to show you that streaming is, is the future. It's continuing to grow. Uh, I think there will probably always be for the, you know, at least the near future, some sort of linear television because there's folks who enjoy linear television. There's folks who maybe don't have as many streamers. Um, I think cost wise, if you got rid of your cable package, it's probably still, um, cheaper to have a few streamers than it is a cable package. I remember 
cable packages being in the hundreds of dollars, depending on what channels and things you wanted. And of course you were limited somewhat on content, right? Whereas streaming, you know, essentially have what seems like unlimited content at any place at any time. And of course, um, now of course with cable, now you have on demand stuff and you can pause and you can record and all that. Um, but you know, obviously that's, uh, that was in, in my mind, essentially the technology that came before streaming. So it's still there. It's still usable. Um, it's still good, but streaming is definitely the future. And so, um, just to give you some numbers on that streaming over to cable in the month, uh, accounting for 35, almost 35% of all TV usage in the United States. Um, and of course that's up from, uh, June, which was uh, like 33.7. So a little bit up, but, um, and it has increased every month since March. So again, it's, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot happening there. Of course, there's been some great, you know, um, television series that, that have been, uh, been used, but, uh, it is also interesting too, when you're looking at individual streamer usage, 8% of all TV usage was for Netflix, YouTube, surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, 7.3%, Hulu, 3.6%, Amazon, 3%. That is actually surprising as well. Um, I would have imagined that um, Amazon would be more than than Hulu, but it goes to show you Amazon's effect as to their broader business is distribution and um uh, of of things and distribution of content is a part of that, but it's not the essential thing like Hulu or Netflix or YouTube. But the YouTube one, I guess, kind of makes sense because people are using it. It's essentially a free platform unless you're, you know, doing YouTube TV or some sort of premium content. Um, and then, of course, cable was at thirty four percent, streaming at thirty four point eight percent. So it was close. Broadcast is was twenty one percent, and then. Uh, Sort of everything else was about 9.2%. Uh, and then sort of, by the way, Disney was only 1.8 and HBO Max was 1% and all others were 10.2%. And I would imagine those other platforms are like Paramount Plus, any of the sports streaming platforms, that sort of thing. But it's fascinating, right? You know, we have this idea of sort of the streaming wars. We have new measurements in sort of average revenue per user. We have this idea of sort of prices going up and the competitive nature of that, uh, we have this sort of issue of um, an opportunity with college football um, in terms of the growth of that and sort of where that content will live. And again, there's more and more streamers that are coming out and more sports are becoming popular, particularly uh, pickleball and, and cricket are growing uh, in very large um, sort of uh, figures. So uh, it, we live in an interesting time and and we'll sort of see where streaming goes from here. But um, there's just a couple of my thoughts as to what's been going on uh, recently. And um, again, thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. This is the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Network. The show has been brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you again for making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. And we look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.